God always, in his word, he always uh, pointed out the people that went above and beyond. You know, I was thinking of that as Brother Don was sharing that this morning. Uh, those that never held back and they gave all to God. They gave everything within them to God. And even, even as we go through this word this morning, I just want you to keep that in mind that we're to give everything we are, everything we have to God and not hold back. You know, he never made examples for us in the word of God of those that, that shrunk back were withheld, but he always promoted and, and brought up and exalted those that gave everything, even when the world criticized them, even when the world came against them, but he exalted them and he said that this woman will be remembered for all time. You know, the, the one that, that uh, came and anointed uh, Jesus for his burial, she'll be remembered throughout history because of what she did, but <clears throat> praise God. I was just uh, thinking of that as Brother Don was sharing that this morning. But this morning, we're going to continue in uh, what Pastor Brad's been preaching about, which is the we went from the um, evangelism into discipleship. And so we've been hitting discipleship, the Great Commission and discipleship. So I want to continue out of that passage this morning. If you'll turn to John chapter 10, we've been in this passage uh, for a couple of weeks now. But I, wanna, I want to speak this morning and continue on the concept of the shepherd or the servant leader, the shepherd leader or the servant leader. Jesus called himself the good shepherd and gave us that example. And so we're going to continue with that model this morning and learn from his example. And it will probably continue into tonight because I have too much to share for this morning. So it'll be two parts. So I encourage you to come this evening as well. Also, while you're turning there, I just want to uh, remind you, too, uh, Prayer Principles starts with Legacy University tomorrow night. So if you're interested in that or have forgotten, please register or come and see me because uh, that will start tomorrow, Prayer Principles. And, of course, that is a, a college-level class that will be 12 weeks, and I'm excited about starting that. It'll go right through prayer and fasting, so it's a great time for it. If you've uh, had a slump in your prayer life or if you just want to know and understand more about prayer and fasting, then please sign up for that class. But let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer, shall we? Amen. Father, we thank you so much for every person that's in this house this morning. I thank you, Lord, they're coming here to serve you, to worship you, to lift your name on high. We come in to celebrate your name, to give you all the glory this morning, for there's none like you. I pray, Father, you would use my words this morning as we go through your word and the book of John and, and the scriptures that you have given to us. Father, that they would present in our spirit the understanding and the revelation knowledge that we need to go further and to, to uh, excel in the things that you have called us us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so the servant leader or the shepherd leader. So if you're in John 10, let's go ahead and read down through this a bit. I'm going to start at verse 1 and read probably through verse 18 just to lay out the format here. <coughs> I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter 
the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of, the, of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as, my, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this pen, and I must also bring them in. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Amen. There's so much in this passage of scripture, but it's a very precious uh, piece of scripture that's, that's given to us. Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. And of course, in biblical times, this was a common analogy to understand the shepherd and to understand analogies about sheep and shepherding because it was a very agricultural culture. And so today we might have a little bit uh, more of a lack of understanding what this means and what Jesus was really trying to get across because most of us are not farmers today. There's very uh, few, most people go into a job somewhere, but they're not out in the pasture pastoring sheep or pa uh, taking care of cattle or taking care of a flock of animals. But Jesus was showing us a model here of leadership. He was showing us, first of all, uh, more than one thing. He was explaining that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no other way to the Father but through him. But he's showing us more than that. And so I'm really wanting to get into this morning the concept of leadership and how he models leadership. Because in our lives, we're all to be influential. God has called us to, to influence. God has called us. In fact, he tells us to be the light of the world, right? We come into Christ, and Christ is to shine through us, and the world is supposed to see something different in us. So God sets the whole concept up for others to be drawn to us because we shine Christ. 
That is a concept of leadership and influence. So he calls every person to do that. So if you are a, a mother, a father, a grandparent, if you lead in your community, if you lead in your workplace, if you are a leader in this house of any sort, if you're leading a team, then this will apply to you. So don't just say, well, I, this doesn't apply to me. I'm not leading a life group or I'm not leading a church. No, it should apply to you if you're in any realm whatsoever of leadership. Even a, a mom at home, and I'll bring in a couple of examples, that even a, a mom, a stay-at-home mom at home, there were things that I did following these principles with my children. So no matter what position you're, you're in, these things show what a good leader is, the good shepherd. Well, when he calls himself the good shepherd, then that insinuates that there can also be a bad shepherd, right? There can be, when the, he uses the word good, he's meaning the genuine, the authentic or noble shepherd, the shepherd that does right, the shepherd that does right. And so when he uses these examples here, he's showing us the shepherd, follow my example, for I am the shepherd that does right. I am authentic. I am genuine. I lead from my heart, and I have my father's heart. And so when I lead the sheep, then I'm leading from the place of my father's heart. I'm not a hireling. So he's saying that there's a huge difference between the good shepherd and the hireling, the hired shepherd, the one that's just there for his own personal needs, for his own personal, because he got a title, because he's, he's uh, someone that is getting uh, paid for the position, and that's all he cares about. I'm not saying that shepherds shouldn't get paid. What I'm saying that their heart is what matters. You can go to your job and do the very same thing. You can go and only be there for your paycheck, or you can also serve with your heart and serve your employer well and go above and beyond. Because it comes from who you are and the core values that you hold. It doesn't come from, from you know, how much I get paid or the title I have. It should come because you do what is right. A right-doing shepherd, a good shepherd, one that is genuine and authentic, one that does right. So we want to be good shepherds like Jesus was a good shepherd. And you might be saying, well, he's the good shepherd. How, he doesn't call us good shepherds. No, he actually does call us to be shepherds. He calls us to be shepherds of God's flock. And if you, before we get into this, go ahead and turn over to 1 Peter and let me hit on this scripture real quick so that you have an understanding that we're all called. And of course, we understand that in Matthew 28 that we're to make disciples of all nations, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we're all called. We are called to be ambassadors of Christ. We are called to the ministry of reconciliation. These are scriptures that we've been through in the past. We are all called to lead people to Christ, but not just lead them to Christ, but also to disciple. Because you know as well as I do, if you take a baby and you leave them on their own and say, well, we're so glad you came into the world, but now we're just going to set you here on your own. Good luck. That child can't feed itself. It can't take care of itself. 
It doesn't understand the world. It's just been brought into the world. It can't walk. It can't crawl. It can't do anything for itself. It needs help. It needs instruction. It needs someone to nurture it, to care for it, to feed it, until it gets to the point to where it's learning to crawl. It's learning to walk. It's learning to stand up. It's learning to do things for itself. And then as time goes on, as you're teaching it, then it grows and it can be responsible for more and more. It's no different in the Christian life. And so many times we have this mentality that uh, we just, you know, bring people into the kingdom and, and that's it. Just great. They're in the kingdom of God. They're Christians now. Good luck. Hope you make it. See, discipleship should be part of our language and part of our culture. And what has happened in America, because every, every country, every nation, every place around the world, has an idea of what leadership is. And it's typically based on the roots of their country and what leadership has been in that country. So in a country where it's been a, not a democracy, but um, a tyrancy, where there's been a tyrant in place, then people get the concept that this is what leadership looks like. It looks like a heavy hand. It looks like a ruling over. In our country, we have some interesting roots because we came from, first of all, from England, a monarchy where there was a, a sovereignty in place, a king and a queen, but then we wanted our independence. So we fought for our independence, gained our independence, and so now we created a lot of independent thinkers. That's not a bad thing. It's good to use your brain. God wants you to use your brain. But then we can very easily rebel because we have become so independent and think that, well, nobody can tell me even if they have our best interests at heart. But if I don't want to hear it, then I'm just going to go do my own thing. And so we've created independence or to the other extreme, rebellion, and we call it independence. So... And then we also bring in democracy. Everybody votes. So through all of this, we have this strange mixture of what a leader looks like. But Jesus is telling us what the good shepherd, the model of the good leader is. So we have to pay attention to what he says. What does he say about the good leader? You know, God was supposed to be the one and only king. But Israel said, no, we want a king like every other nation has a king. We want a king. And God said, okay, give him a king. But I'm telling you, when you have a king, he's going to do this. He's going to take your children. He's going to take your daughters for their own wives. He's going to take your sons and, and take them to war. He's going to tax you. He's going to take, take your lands. This is what will happen if you have a king. Because God was setting himself up to be the king over Israel. But they wanted a different model. So they got a different model. So just because people want something a certain way doesn't mean that it's the right model. Doesn't mean it's the right way. So we have to understand what is a good leader? What is that servant leader? Because Christ came to what? To serve. He wasn't coming to be uh, everybody to cheer him on and to be exalted. In fact, he said, I know that man is fickle. They're, they're temperamental. One minute they love you and the next minute they turn their back on you. He had come to do his father's will. 
He came to do the mission that was before him. And that's what we're to do as leaders as well. But 1 Peter chapter 5, let's read through this quickly before we get back to our text. 1 Peter chapter 5. It says, to the elders, verse 1, to the elders among you, I appear, not appear, appeal, sorry. I'm trying to get through this. I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who will also share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, that's Christ, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. See, there's a crown to be received for those that will shepherd people. And you might think, well, that's only pertaining to pastors, to shepherds. No. Think about it for a second. If you, if you have people under you that you've brought to Christ and you're discipling them and you're keeping uh, tabs with them and saying, hey, how are you doing? You're praying with them. You're, you're encouraging them. You're keeping them on that path that is good. Are you not shepherding them? Are you not pouring in and investing them in the, into them? Aren't there times when you give up of your own schedule to go after someone because you know they're in a hard place and they found themselves in, in the thicket of the thorns and the briars and so you go after them and you pull them out and you care for them and you, you patch them back up and you put them back on the path of righteousness again. That is what a shepherd does. And in fact, the whole Bible is full of wisdom from God, how a shepherd is to be. In fact, in Ezekiel, he talked about shepherds that were not shepherding from the right heart. They were taking from the sheep. They allowed the sheep to be scattered. They allowed wolves to come in and scatter the sheep and actually be hirelings of their own business. Because they, they aren't treating their business right. And they're not treating the people right. So just because you own something doesn't necessarily mean that you have the good shepherd heart. You could have a hireling heart. But he says a good shepherd will lay down his life. He will sacrifice for the greater good of it. He will sacrifice for the mission of it. Think about that in family terms. If you don't lead anything, but you're part of your family, are you sacrificing for the greater good? Are you putting the, the conveniences aside, even as a mom? When your kids are doing something, I'm going to sacrifice my comfort of the couch, get up off my butt, and go discipline the kids when they need disciplined, and turn off the TV and teach them. And I just say, well, you know, it's really comfortable. Just stop it, Johnny, stop it. Honey, stop it. I told you 17, 20 times. <laughs> like, do what it, a shepherd will look ahead and say, if I don't do this now, this is what will come of it. This will be the long-term effect from it. If I don't make this decision now and step in and do the hard thing, 
this is what will happen and this is what the effect will be. And many times the effect is on the sheep. Not on you because you're gaining your comfort now. You're getting your benefit now because you're choosing the easy way. But if you choose what is right, remember what I said in the, be in the beginning, the good shepherd is the right-doing shepherd, the noble shepherd, the authentic, genuine shepherd that leads from the heart. Does that make sense? You guys want one more, or do you want to save it for tonight? Okay. Jamie spoke up, and front row is saying yes. So, all right. That's um. This will be number three, but I'm going to jump ahead in the scripture because the other two kind of go together. So I need to find where I'm at then. Verse 16, so we're skipping a couple, that'll be uh, tonight. 14 and 15 will be for tonight. 16 says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. So he says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them in also, number three is producing. A good shepherd, a good shepherd leader, or a good, good servant leader produces. He is a producing leader. He says, I have others out there that I need to get. There's others in, in other places that I need to bring into the fold. So he's not looking to just maintain what I've got. Well, let's just be happy and sit here and be happy with the, the you know, a hundred is good. Hundred sheep is good. That's that's you know not bad. And maybe some of them will even have babies, and and they'll have a, a you know a few extra here and there, and it'll gradually grow. Yeah, I know some will die, but you know there's just it'll it'll hopefully just maintain right at a hundred. Jesus said, "No, I have more that I need to go get." He's looking to produce. What was the very first commandment God gave Adam? To be fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth and subdue it. There were four things there, and three of them had to do with increase. The fourth one had to do with management. You manage what, you, what you've increased in. To be fruitful, so you gotta, you got to go out and you got to start it. you got to get that seed and you got to sow. That's what we did when we first moved here. We, there, were, there were five of us. We had to go sow. We had to sow seeds. We had to knock on doors. We had to minister to people. We had to go out and, and, and reach the lost. And we're still doing that now. But as things have grown in here, then we have to continue to build the structures and what? Subdue. Subdue what we have. See, a good shepherd isn't going to say, well, you know, I'm just going to leave you guys. You guys are here on your own. You're good. I'm going to go out and look for the lost and, and, and not grow this here. 
So you have to do both. There is a management, but then there's also a producing. And they're, they're both hand in hand. So a good shepherd will produce. He never quits improving himself, and he never quits growing externally. That also goes hand in hand. I have to continue to grow. I have to continue to work through uh, things that I have to work through to make myself a better leader, to make myself someone that can handle greater capacities. It's one of my daily prayers. Lord, expand my capacity. Father, help me to understand how to grow in leadership more. Give me the understanding. Give me the capacity. Enlarge our territory. Give me wisdom. I pray for wisdom every single day. God, give me wisdom to know how to lead. Why? Because people's lives depend upon it. People's spiritual journeys and their eternities depend upon it. People's journeys depend upon your leadership, upon your influence. So I have to take that seriously. I can't just be content with just saying, well, you know, I learned some, some key principles in leadership, and that should be good to go. And, and you know, I, I consider myself a decent leader, and, and so that's good enough. No, we have to always be growing. We grow ourselves, we improve ourselves, but then we're also growing as we do that because it comes out of us. It becomes part of who we are, and then you see the fruit of it. It begins to come out of our lives. So it's not enough to just maintain what we have just to get by. Or even worse, if, if someone is, you know, Pastor Brad and I talk about this sometimes, and I don't know if it was Dr. Morocco that originally said it, that if you can't grow a life group and, and you're wanting to be in ministry, but you can't grow a life group, you'll never be able to grow a church. So you have to be able to handle the smaller before you can handle the larger. So you have to be able to manage the handful before you've given baskets full. But a leader is someone, a shepherd leader is someone that can grow something. They are going to add value to the mission or to the goal. They're not going to look at it and say, well, what can this place give me? What, what, what is the benefit for me here? See, that's the mentality of most people, honestly. I mean, you guys can be honest, right? You see lots of it, well, can, what can that church do for me? You know, I went and they didn't sing the songs that I liked and the songs that ministered to me. And they didn't, you know, use this or do this or they didn't have this ministry going on and, and it didn't minister to me. What are you doing for the kingdom of God? you got to flip the way that you're thinking. What am I adding value to the kingdom of God, or am I just being a taker? You ever have one of those friends, and it's just a one-sided friendship? Take, 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 take. Like you're there for them all the time. You listen to them all the time. And you're constantly, and by the time you get off the phone with them, you are, like, drained. And you're like, whew, feel like the life just got sucked out of me because I, I just poured in a, an hour of listening, and, and they didn't ask one time. Or maybe they asked and gave me about a 30-second window gap to answer. To be a good shepherd leader... 
involves a person that will say, how can I add value? What can I do to cause increase? What can I do to help produce? You know, and it, it's honestly the reason that I started the young adults. It wasn't because I was sitting there going, man, I have, I have such a passion to just lead uh, a young adult's life group. It's because I'm looking around and I'm going, we got this person, this person, this person, this person. We've got so many of these people in young adults and they don't have a place where they're getting fed and I can see the hunger. They're, they're not content with the status quo. They want more. So I began to say, okay, some, somebody's got to fill this spot. Somebody's got to step in and be able to, to invest in this group. And so we started Young Adults. Even I noticed like Amanda. Amanda started a life group that was honestly, I could say probably out of her comfort zone a little bit. Because she's 30 and she's leading a life group for ladies that are at home through the day, most of them. So she squeezes it into a portion of the day in between the hours of her, because she works remote. And so she's able to, to squeeze in in a portion of her day where they can come to her house at midday and receive the word of God and be able to build fellowship with one another and bring together a group of ladies that are, that are in the same uh, walks of life that she's not even necessarily in that walk of life herself. But she's creating the space for that to happen. See, it's not about what I want. It wasn't about what she wanted. It was about what is needed. What is needed? What, are the sh what do the sheep look like right now? And what do they need? Because as, as you work for God, he'll open the doors for you. Hirelings don't produce. They just get by, they do the bare minimum, and they look at what they can get. But a good shepherd will look and say, what is needed and how can I produce? Minister, can you go ahead and come to the keyboard, please?